Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. And, and we're on a mission and um, I'm falling and jumping into Love Thy Neighborhood, which is about our mission. And I want to say it almost positions us a little bit more around just, I think sometimes we can talk so big about the mission of the church, and I'm in the mission of the church, and I'm focused on the mission of the church, which there is a mission. We're a people. We're a body on the move. We're an army. That is all powerful and all good. But I think this one gets a little bit deeper to actually my personal mission in God. I actually have to love people. I don't just, I can't just be on the welcome team on Sunday and we coach the welcome team how to love people on a Sunday. And, and on a Sunday, the welcome team, hey, love you, love to see you, welcome to the church. But Monday to Saturday, it's like, oh, uh, uh. Honestly, don't tell anyone. I knew a preacher <laughs> who preached in big forum and, and I caught him out once. He, he would fake a cell phone call and walk out. And you know why? He was tired. Just tired. Didn't not love people. But I want to I zone in a little bit today about endurance for personal mission. Endurance for personally to love my neighbor. Because I think, I think understanding the mission of the church is to love our city, that's actually easy. That's actually quite easy. Amazing thing, we went to a funeral this week of one of our neighbors, a man who passed away at 41 years old. And um, we do lift clubs with their kids every day. We've never gone deep, to be honest. We, 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 there's some cultural differences. There's some all sorts of differences. He, they, his health has not been good for six years. He's been on dialysis. So they were very protective of time and family, and I understand that. And... Um, but then Cairns got a call from the wife say so he's passed away. And we went to this funeral, and I can tell you now that Maria van der Westeisen was sitting next to us, who's English. She understood not a word of the funeral. <laughs> the whole funeral was in Afrikaans. Like every word, there wasn't one English word. Sometimes they throw in a little English word. Not that one. I'm sitting there, I'm concentrating, I'm working. And I followed the preacher. It was brilliant. But the only English word spoken in that whole funeral was, was when the brother got up to thank people. Began to thank the individual who stepped And then he thanked my wife and took a chunky time to thank my wife and Maria van der Versoesen, who phoned ladies in the church and a few other friends to create a few weeks of meals so that this lady's got meals provided. And when I say this man was moved, every time I saw him, he just couldn't stop thanking me. And I thought, that's it, actually. You know, it's costly. I, I know some lay people here who've made meals even this week. It's costly to make a meal for someone else. You're just trying to keep your own kids alive sometimes. Just trying to keep them fed. You're just trying to keep your bills under control. And now you've got to make a meal for someone you don't know. You know why? It's because of the love of God that's deep in our hearts. And it moves people. It moves big business people. It moves from the poorest to the wealthiest. It moves every person. And it's a powerful force. Acts 1 verse 8 said, you will receive power. You will receive power inside of you. Power from the Holy Spirit. So that you can be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
Why that order? Are they just random names he was throwing out? Just, I like Jerusalem, you know, alliteration, all of that. No, no, no. If you look at the context geographically and the context culturally, Jerusalem is this close to us. It's similar cultures. It's our town. Table view is this congregation's Jerusalem. Why part a congregation in Milneton? Why not go somewhere fancy? No, because our Samaria, our, our Judea is Milneton. God's called us to walk with him. He's sent people to call us to love. He's called us to engage some different dynamics, some different demographic dynamics, some different all sorts of demographics. And Jesus says, I want to teach you and I want to fill you with power. And I think sometimes, depending on your background in church, power looks very different. I'm from a church background that's quite excitable. We, we got excited in church. And that power meant power and you get loud. And the louder you are, there's more power in the church. Sorry if you have hearing issues. Power. And maybe you come from a different church background. And power is an older gentleman reading the word of God and it's powerful. You know what? God can operate in both. But I think we have to understand power is a force. Unless it changes something, it's not powerful. Unless making meals is full of passion, courage, conviction, not grudging. Ah. And the little extras that go in, and I want to tell you it happens in the church. Get involved in the community. Be a part of that ministry. That ministry changes lives. Then nothing changes. Love Jesus, his ministry, because he... He, wasn't, he didn't keep within the boundaries. He, he, he engaged. He, he was the one who went to the lepers and loved them. You know what the challenge of that is? All, all 12 got healed. One came back. Ten. One came back. One out of ten came back. It's not our job. Oh, was that meal effective? Did they come to church? Your job is not to walk someone over the threshold of salvation. Can I take that pressure off you? Your job is to love them. Your job is to live a life full of the Spirit of God, that they're going, I want something that you got. And then we are equipped to share with them. But you know who takes them over that line? It's the Spirit of God that's calling them, that's pulling them. It's not us. And sometimes we live with such a pressure that I've got to do this thing that I don't even get in the game. I don't even get close, because if I get close, I might have to take them over the threshold. I'm telling you, you can't. It's that blood and that love that we sing about, and that alone. Not my best efforts, just that blood and that love. But Hebrews speaks about this. There's, there's the Hebrews 11 all the, the legends of the faith and their faith and, and how God had used them. And then in Hebrews 12 kicks off, and we know the scripture well. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I love that scripture for so many reasons. I need that scripture deep inside my heart. All the time. But there is this call to run with perseverance. And I'm telling you, sometimes we get tired on the journey. 
And you know where it kicks out first, where we kick out first? Often, we don't stop going to church because we actually need it. We don't stop doing commitment, community, because we actually need it. It becomes about us. And you know what stops? A personal mission. I need endurance, so I have a personal mission. We get tired on the mission. Simple things like love, gentleness, kindness, compassion become difficult. It's a sign that your personal mission, you're lacking endurance. You're lacking the power that's needed. We've had the incredible privilege of, um, of going on some leave and none of it was all fall down and there's no big confessions today of, but you know what? We get tired sometimes. I caught myself driving to a shopping center one day, needing to go in and just realize, actually, I can't see anyone now and driving home. And I realized something was wrong because I love people. I'll do whatever I can for people. But when you drive to a shopping center and you don't go in, in case you meet people who you know and love, something's not right. And God uses those little speed bumps, those little moments to grip us again and say, son, so much more for you. Love thy neighborhood is not a strategy, a growth strategy for the church. It's my call. It's my mission. Before I'm a preacher, a worship leader, a whatever, a business person, a a, a teacher, a a headmistress, whatever, accountant, whatever you are, there's a God mission. It says, will you love my people? For God so loved the world, not the church, the world. When that grips me, my heart has to get back to the power source that is Jesus. That is time in his presence. That is his Holy Spirit inside of me. And that power source begins to turn again. And I go back and I walk to shopping centers and I'm looking for people. People I know, people I don't know. People I can benefit from, people that can only benefit from me. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Is this challenging to you? Because it's challenging to me. Honestly. I've said it from this pulpit before. When, when I get tired and I've got, I've, I've got an eldership team and a few other men who can ask questions at any time and challenge me at any time, it was a hard moment for me when Gabe came to me and said, you spoke strongly with your wife. You know why? Because the week before I'd read Philippians, it said, let your gentleness be evident to all. And I sometimes was so good at it at doing it here and I wasn't always that good at doing it with the most gentle person I know. And it wasn't to proportions that would, but it's not right. It won't allow the kingdom of God that we sing about to come on earth and heaven to explode. That's your job and that's my job. Sorry, is it a little bit honest today? We're all okay. Flip, I wasn't planning on crying. I'm actually very happy. I just, I want to tell you, I'm really happy. I'm, I'm really, really happy. I want to tell you a story. A story I heard when I was on sabbatical, or actually just before we were on a break, and it shook me. It's, it's a guy named Peter Jenkins. Maybe we could pop that photo up of him. And at 22 years old, in 1973, he was a little bit discouraged with life, and he started to walk. And he walked over five, 6,000 miles across America over a period of about five years. He walked with his dog. And... Um, he just walked. He walked town to town, engaging people. And you know what happened along the journey? He got sick. 
He got stranded. He, he got beaten up by gangs. Um, he, someone drove past and threw a bottle out of a car. It hit him on the head. He ended up in hospital. So, um, someone hit him with a car. Someone hit his dog with a car. All these things happen to this poor dude while he's just trying to walk across America. You think our roads are bad? Ask him. And all of this happened. And, and then he just, in processing, he said, I want to write a book about just this journey. So he wrote a book, and the book is called um, A Walk Across America. I probably should have remembered that one. And um, <laughs> Sorry. Just I thought maybe change the title. And uh, but he, I mean, he walked through blizzards and deserts, everything. America's quite vast. He, he walked up the Appalachian Range, North New York. He walked um, New Orleans, West Texas. He, he did everything. And um, someone, an interviewer, after he wrote his book, read his book, and 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 in his book he writes. They, they asked him what, what, what was the toughest moment. He had all these big things. Was it when they hit you in the head with a bottle? No. Was it when your dog got hit because he was your best friend? No, it wasn't that one. When were you closest to giving up when your endurance has run out for this personal mission of walking? See, I've got a personal mission to love people so they see Jesus. It's yours too. When, when were you almost gone? What was the thing? And, and, and they mentioned all the big things. You were in hospital for this, and you, you were no food, and, and, and in a blizzard, and, and, and all these high temperatures, low temperatures. He says, you know what? It wasn't any of those things. The time when I came closest to quitting was when I had sand in my shoes. And I, I just didn't stop to sort it out, and that sand just wore and wore away until I couldn't walk anymore. And I said, but surely you could just change your shoes. He said, you can't get that sand out. And sometimes I didn't have money. I couldn't get access to shoes. And we were walking across mountain ranges without one pair of shoes. I just walked the same shoes. But I just had sand in my shoes. And that little sand, that fine sand would grain, grate away. He said, no, people would have seen me and they, I'd looked healthy. But inside my shoes, the vehicle for my mission, the thing that was carrying me, I was dying. Nothing huge. So nobody ever saw what I was dealing with with the sand in my shoes. It's the same for us. And this mission of love thy neighborhood. Maybe no one saw when David came home and the kings went to war and won Samuel. And, and it just says, the kings went to war, David stayed at home and then he fell. Maybe no one had seen the sand in his shoes. The people on him all the time to lead the challenges of being a king. The challenges of having this history, of, of having people hate him because of, of him leading God's people. Maybe no one saw that actually he wasn't fine, the strong king. Maybe he had sand in his shoes just wearing him down. Samson, do you, do you really think it, it, Delilah was that big? He was Samson. He pushed down buildings. It's like Edwin on steroids. Can you imagine that thing? But, but it just said Delilah kept coming at him every day. Just every day. Going every day. You know what happens? It's like a little bit of sand gets in our shoes. Here's my running shoes. Confession time. No, I didn't choose the color. I have pronation issues. And they only make one color. Just to establish that in pronation shoes. These are my running shoes. They could have been used more at times. On holiday, 
we, we got there and, and we were having a jaw. I just said to Kans, can I go for a hike? And there was like a one, one and a half K hike up a mountain. Well, I just want to go for a hike. I went for a hike, got to the top. I thought, well, let me, there's a road that's going this way, like across the contour. So I started running, started jogging. And then I just realized I felt like jogging. So I started jogging. I had a bit of a Forrest Gump moment, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I didn't really know. It was about 45 degrees. I was very thirsty, but I thought I just need a run. So I started running. Ended up running 16 kilometers and having shin splints for days afterwards. Whole nother story and uh, another analogy. But, but I ran and I ran along this contour and I had to come back somehow. So I had to make my way down this dodgy fire break and I'm looking for snakes and I'm stumbling on rocks and, and I'm getting sand in my shoes because I'm slipping down and I get to the bottom and then I turn onto the road and I realize, ah, oh, cool, I know where I am. I've got about 4Ks home. So I've done 12Ks. Four Ks. I'm almost there. I started running and I realized I've got sand in my shoes. Yeah, but my shoes have got these fancy little tongues that are supposed to keep sand out and I've got socks on. So you keep running. You, you just keep running. And then you realize, I either got to stop now. I've got to stop. Or I'm going to get home and not only will I have shin splints, I'll have feet with blisters for days. And I've got three kids that need me to keep up with them. So I had to pull off the road, went down to a little stream, Took my shoes off, which is not a pleasant thing when you've been running in the Cedarburg for 12 kilometers, 40 degree temperature. Took out the sand as best as I could. You can't get it all out. Put it back on, started running again. But you know, we've got to do that in our walks with Jesus sometimes. Got to do that in our lives. And I just want to give you a few suggestions because I'd like us to end a little bit earlier today. And um, about... Areas of sand to be changed. I spoke about Jesus healed those lepers. And, and it's amazing scripture in verse 14. It says this, when he saw them. When he saw them. What did he see that made him want to heal them? Sometimes when you see people now. Maybe I could mention names or circumstances or is there stuff that makes you not see them if you didn't hear Wayne's preach last week I'd love you to hear it is prejudice not this big thing that's making you join some party that's going radical maybe you're not setting off bombs in markets it never starts there sir or ma'am and it never stays where it starts if prejudice is in your heart it's sand that will wear you down until your mission you're unable to fulfill. I don't know how else to tell you. I can't water it down. We justify it, but it's just a little bit of sand in my shoe. 5,000 miles walking. What's the one thing? Hit with bottles. Ended up in hospital. Dog ran over. What's the one thing that made you nearly give up? I just had sand in my shoe. Do you still see people People sat with pastors, sat with a burnt out pastor. And I remember a statement, he just said, I, I can preach the gospel, just don't make me do it with people. Been too hurt, too many, too many deaths to cancer, too many disappointed folk. 
say, come on, let's get that sand out and get on the mission again. Oh, but I, I can't make, I've made meals for decades. Yes, keep making meals to love people. But Mark, I'm not wealthy. Actually, it's not about your circumstance. Who is Jesus? Trust him, whatever that meal is. I want to just, and I'm not even going to my notes, but there are these things, these hidden things. See, for this guy, he's walking. See, he said, people would think I'd find, but inside my shoes, there was World War III. What's the hidden sin? Sir or ma'am, we, we sometimes, we tap dance around this word sin. Like it's a, whoo, no, it brings chaos. Sat with a man recently who'd done something very silly, and it is, it is wrecking a, a story, a family apart. And we're talking, we're talking, and he tells me what happened. I said, that, that happens. And I just said to him, how's your porn addiction? He says, what do you mean? I said, but it never starts with where it ended up. It always starts with the little hidden thing that we just don't deal with. My job is to help you see Jesus. I am not any kind of... My job is to help you see Jesus. Hidden sin. Tragedy this week. I'm not going to tell you the situation, but a man who I know, who I respect, who I've learned to love in time, and who has profile in this city, something that had happened 37 years ago has been uncovered. 37 years ago. And his world has fallen apart. It's radical. It's, it's, it's horrendous. What happens if the thing that you struggled with years and years ago, that you got good at hiding, got uncovered today, sir or ma'am? How different would the outcome be? Let's deal with the sand in our shoes. Why? Because when I love my neighbor, I'm not going to him with a script, this is what I must say. I'm going as a person, full of the Spirit of God, on a personal mission, just so that they can see Jesus. There's all these prejudices, and, and we start, and, and they limit us. Can I deal with a prejudice in the church? Whoa. It's all good. And maybe you're new to church, and you say, nah, never. Can I deal with a prejudice in the church? It's called unbelievers. Please don't tell me you won't go to a work bra because people will be drinking alcohol there. Can I just be honest? Please don't tell me you don't hang around with work colleagues because they swear. <laughs> or they have tattoos. I'm being honest. I've heard it all. And I just cannot live for that. When I look at Jesus, who was the friend of sinners, who placed himself in the worst of scenarios so much so that he was open to accusation at every turn, surely the call for us is to not be, oh, okay, I'm going to go, but it's a mission job. No, 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 you go because Jesus loves them. You go because Father God so loved the world that he gave his son. And it keeps the church in small boxes. And God saying, I want to break you out of the boxes. And this thing called love thy neighborhood is so uncomplicated and so simple if we could just get it. And even right now, some of you are struggling. 
Mark, I hate tattoos. Get over it, sir or ma'am. Because if we hate tattoos as the church, this next generation will not end up worshiping Jesus. And I love this next generation too much to allow a sand in my shoe to settle. I'm just being honest. Is that all right? I got a little bit excited there. Everyone's okay. All that tattoo dudes are like, preach it, preacher. <laughs> it's like, I'm gonna, no one's ever seen my tattoo. You keep your shirt on and your pants on. So just, you just keep it for now. We can do it on the playground outside. You maybe come show me. Okay. So, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm not going to carry on much more. Jesus, Jesus went and he walks in John 4 and, and he, He's tired. It says, it says this amazing thing. He says, he goes to Jacob's well. He says, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the, no- by the well, it was noon. It's the hottest time of the day. He's been walking. His disciples are, yaga and yaga, teach us, Jesus, we want the highest place. It's like, guys, you go to town. I'm just going to sit. Don't know about you, but I have those moments. I just want to sit. Don't ask me anything. I just want to sit. Kids, go away. I want to sit. Okay, it's only me. And, um, and, and, uh, I just want to sit. That's Jesus' moment to sit. He came with a mission. He's going to release these disciples, take over the world. And there's a lady there who's not from his tribe. Not really great to speak cross-gender, to speak to a lady. Ladies in those days, sorry ladies, but in those days, status-wise, ladies, you, you didn't have to respect, you didn't have to greet. And he initiates a conversation with her. I just saw that. I thought, she didn't initiate the conversation with him. He begins a conversation with her. You know where love thy neighborhood starts? It starts with a conversation. Just how are you? How are you doing? Are those your children? They're awesome. Could they maybe get off the bonnet of my car? No, I, uh, it, it, it starts with a conversation. When I look at Jesus, because Gabe said to me, how, this series is about how to become the person that our neighbors want to live next to. My kids jump on a trampoline for hours, shouting, Auntie Sharon, can I have sweets? Manya knows, she's worked there. I'm not sure I'm that neighbor sometimes, to be brutally honest. But how do we become the neighbor? You know how we do it? Start a conversation this week. Maybe you're in an office environment and there's 20, 30 people in an open plan and there's that one guy that no one talks to. Like a leper? Like a Sumerian woman? Could you start a conversation with Acts 1 verse 8 power inside of you and knowledge that it's because Jesus loves them? Because that will change the world and bring glory to Jesus. I'm done, I think. Unless I put on my shoes, we could just keep going. Can I pray for us? Uh, uh, we are not a complicated people. Life Changes Church, we're going to fight complicatedness. But our relationships have got to get deeper. Our love for people cannot get more narrow. It's got to grow. And the basics, like starting a conversation. I've got a little boy, his name Ben. He has a heart as big as his body. He fears nothing to start a conversation with anyone. He, he loves people. 
loves them. His best mates on holiday didn't speak English. I think I told you that. And, and uh, Maurice, where's Maurice? At the back there. Maurice is, is my latest on the radar of my wife's babysitting list. <laughs> that big Nigerian man at the back there who was housing the other night. My alarm went off and star alarms came. And I told him, if there's any black guys there, you get them. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I come home and it's the first time Maurice is looking after our kids. And Ben... He's on Maurice. He's like on top of Maurice, hugging him and holding him. <laughs> ben doesn't see anything. He just sees someone to love. And he sees someone who's gentle with him. I, I want to be like Ben in my love for people. And when I stop being like Ben, does it mean I won't be able to preach? Probably not. I probably could still preach. I could probably still lead worship. But you know what will dry and shrivel up? And stop is my personal mission that God's called me to do, which is love people. It's your mission too. Stop believing the lies of the enemy, but disqualify it and just initiate a conversation with a woman at a well. Can we pray? Father, thank you for the goodness of your love, your grace, your mercy. Uh, I thank you that you're committed to us. You are committed to us enduring and having endurance for the race. I thank you, Lord, that at a moment in a car, you arrested me and said, boy, something's wrong. You need to get order again. You need to come under my love again. You need to allow my grace to fill you up. You need to allow the discipline of the Father to come upon your life so that, boy, I can get you on that mission again. It's not just enough to have a public mission. There's got to be the woman at the well when no one's around and no one can see that mission. Life changes church. God has a personal, enduring mission for you. Whatever you spend your 95 doing, and maybe for mothers that's 95 at night sometimes, and dads, whatever that entails, know this, that God has filled you with Acts 1 verse 8 power for a gospel story to love your Jerusalem. Sometimes it's easier to send money to some foreign nation than to just love the person next door. And I pray that we would find ourselves back on our knees before the glorious King to find energy and courage to just take off our shoes, clean them out of prejudice, smallness, limited thinking, and get on the road again. We worship you, King. Give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Amen.